Attention. If you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die. I don't want to die. Do you want to live? You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die. You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to... Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. Alright. We're back with another Black with no cream episode. New episode every single Sunday, except I'm lying because I haven't put out an episode in like. Fuck, <laughs> when was the last episode? Uh, a month ago? We easily missed four Sundays in a row. Easily. Because yeah. we've been. That has to be six. Yeah, this is my boy Dave, by the way. Um, if Dave's. You, if you've listened to older episodes, you know who Dave is. If you're in Black Window Cream, the community, you know who Dave is. Let me explain what Black Window Cream is real quick. If you're new and listening to this, Black Window Cream is a private creator group fueled by caffeine. At least I drink my coffee black. Dave sometimes does. Um, we're actually waiting for them to bring up a coffee maker to our hotel room right now uh, so we can drink that shit while we do this interview. So pardon the interruption if it comes halfway through. We couldn't wait any longer. But yeah, it's a creator group. Um, we're... A bunch of members sharing content with each other and asking for tips, feedback, providing all that shit and sharing stories. That's why we do the podcast. Podcast, I interview different creators and sometimes do these solo episodes, these group chats or whatever with Dave, talking about different shit uh, with the idea to like kind of inspire creators and um, give them, I don't know, keys to the door and hope and hope that it helps you uh, unlock whatever you're trying to do with your creative endeavors. You feel me? Uh, is that a good explanation of Black Widow Cream? Good explanation. Thanks, man. So Dave was my intern for Black Widow Cream months ago. He was helping me edit the podcast, keeping the shit together. Uh, long story short about Dave, we're going to do a, a full interview with him at some point, but he became um, my assistant for Coachella when I, when I was shooting for Beyonce and then uh, became my uh, spotter. We, we went from shooting BTS to actually shooting the show for Beyonce. Um, I was running like a Steadicam setup, which was live broadcast to the screens. And Dave was making sure I didn't fall off the fucking stage when we were backing up really quick and shit with Beyonce and a bunch of dancers and crowd, thousands of people and nuttiness. And so now we're on tour with Beyonce and Jay-Z. We've been on tour for... We've been gone from home for a long time. <laughs> Three months. Three or four months. And uh, we just did all of Europe, the UK. We're back. In the United States of America, it's awesome. We're currently in Chicago. Chilled on a boat yesterday. That was dope. And uh, now we're doing a podcast because we needed to fucking record one. Yeah. I don't even know when Sunday is. I don't know what today is. Today is Friday. Friday, 6. So this will come out in two days. Um, But today we wanted to talk about uh, uh, a piece of gear. We shoot a lot of video on this tour specifically. I get a lot of questions about video all the time. Um, I do a lot of videography, photography, directing, all that shit. So specifically, I wanted to talk about gimbals because we use them. Like I said, in uh, Coachella, we were using – basically what happened was I was using a Ronin, uh, Ronin M that I have, and I was doing some examples of what steady cam shots could look like. B ended up liking that, and we worked it into the show. And when we worked into the show, I ended up using a Movi – the Movi Pro with an RE camera and a bunch of expensive glass. It was like a wild setup, but I use gimbals a lot. Gimbals are fucking awesome, and when they came out, I was obsessed with them right off the jump. I think uh, when the Movi released, the Movi, the Movi, the first Movi. Did you ever see that video? 
they had like Vincent Le, Le, what's his name Vincent Lafleur I can't think of the, the director's name right now but he made a video with the movie and showed like the capability of how stable it was and fucking I was losing my shit I was like this is gonna be the future um so I've been using them for years and years and years and uh on this tour we had we had the movie or the Ronin M and just flying like the A7S2 the A7R3 did we ever put your 1DX on it no uh, I no, think we no, did we, it when we were doing rehearsals. For in rehearsals, we tried. Yeah, we or, fucked around with it for a yeah, second. Yeah, we did it for a second, yeah. But we we didn't spend much time with it. But anyway, been flying that and shooting a lot of cool shit with it. And then um, DJI dropped the fucking, the illest thing on earth, I think, the Ronin S. And if you're not familiar with the Ronin S. If you're not even familiar with gimbals, this might not be your episode. Uh, to <laughs> but I think it's, it's going to be good for anyone. It's good for anyone. If you just started and <clears throat> you haven't thought about getting a gimbal. I'm saying if you're not interested in gimbals, if oh, you're not a video you're creator, a video if you're creator. a photographer or whatever, right. check out older podcast episodes because I've interviewed a lot of amazing creators as far as – almost every episode is good for everyone. This one might be more niche as far as like what we use it for. But, I mean, if you want to hear about how we create some of the shots you see on Instagram and shit like that for this this uh, OTR2 tour, this kind of has to do with it. Um, but, yeah, the Ronin S came out. It's a, it's a small, like single, quote-unquote, single-hand gimbal um, that is very versatile and when it, I mean, we had looked at other, who were the other competitors? The Zion too? Well, yeah, when we came in tour, I was recommending the, at the time, the S was still being built, but the uh, the Z-Yung Crane, I know a lot of people in Black and Oak Cream have it. Yeah. Um, it's they're very popular. Uh, and then basically DJI came out, they have the brand name, so they came out with theirs, and now we have it, and it's definitely going to beat it out just because. I mean, they're the top dog in, yeah. in drones, they're the top dog in like, consumer drones and and expert drones and they've figured out to you know really hone in on making making things very valuable but they take their time so when they they announced that they were making the ronin s it's a competitor to a zion crane the zion crane came out and i thought it was cool and obviously dji did like the osmo early on which i used and um they gave it to me early i think it was before it came out they gave me the the uh, the first osmo maybe a prototype for a chris brown music video which was ill because I was able to work that into Picture Me Rolling. That's the name of the music video. You can look it up. And we strapped it to Chris on like this fucking harness thing. And we were able to use it where, you know, through Wi-Fi I could control the gimbal. So I was like on my phone crawling behind Chris by his legs so I could stay close enough to be within signal, trying to maneuver the camera through, you know, him walking through his house party. And I would, I was able to create this look like, you know, the Snorri cams like the attached, it's supposed to be like the first person view thing. Um, where when you move, it kind of looks like you're drunk or whatever, but you're like moving back and forth and the camera's moving, it's locked on your face and it looks kind of wild. That's what he wanted. And I added the whole value of a gimbal. So now you have this like weird movement where it's like almost jello-y because it's still staying on you, but it's like a stabilized version, which is crazy. And then on top of it, the, the, the like icing on the cake was the fact that I could do a full 360 spin and come right back to that same shot, which looks just super fucking wild. So that was kind of like the pitch for that. And Chris loved it. And we used it in the video. It was fucking nuts. And it worked out really well. And uh, and so that was like my first time using like a stabilizer that I could just hold with my hand, which was weird because before it's always been two two handles. You're, you're holding with two hands. You're stabilizing it. You're using both your arms to kind of use your, your, your chest and everything to like – you walk different. When you shoot with a stabilizer, it's very funny because it's – I don't know if people, people just think that – it does its job for you, but your body plays a role. And so I've always been kind of trained to get my smooth shots by knowing how to walk and how to run and how to keep my arms the way they need to be so that I have no jello effect. Like the, you don't want anything to look kind of funky. And so 
I don't know, going from that to a single hand thing, I, I'd always noticed it. I, I think the problem is you see people's hands go up and down. You can see it in the right. shot. And it's very distinguishable. You can understand that that's like a single hand. Have you ever used Osmo? Yeah, like for the phone? Yeah, phone or yeah, I mean, I've they used have Osmo for the phone. They yeah, have like the X. Oh, for the, with the little ball camera? Yeah, I think it was like the X3 or whatever. I've only used it for the phone. But yeah, <clears throat> you can tell because... Well, that's that was your biggest point on it at the beginning. You thought that you didn't like single hand because you could see that like robotic type. Like you can up, tell. You, you know can tell saying? that this it's very um, robotic the way the movement is right. when you move it up and down. But then we found out. Well, we'll talk about yeah, how yeah. it works. Yeah, but well, that's why I, I was always like, I feel like I've seen that with the crane. I've seen people's shots where they move. You can tell in the shot it just looks too. And that's why I always like the glide cam. Yeah, and we'll talk about that too. But just the idea of like. You, the movement being in the movie Pro Coachella was very like it moved incredible it was just like it looked like it was like a flying mm-hmm. you know what I mean like it really was flying instead of just like and a, same with the Ronin M it, like I, I have, I've had the Ronin I had the Ronin M and I've had the Ronin M honestly as soon as that came out I got rid of my Ronin because I wasn't flying the Ronin the beauty of the Ronin was that it could hold like a, a massive payload and so you could fly like you know whatever you need to fly up to like 16 pounds or something crazy like that but all I was flying at the time was a 5D Mark III and just the it was heavy and to do that for like a real estate video or like a music video or whatever the fuck i was using for at the time it was just so heavy and when they came out with the the ronin m it's this very lighter model it's like you can pull off the handles and turn it into like you know you can do some weird shit with it that was so intriguing to me and so i made the switch immediately got rid of my ronin went to the ronin m something smaller for me i didn't need the you know the heavy payload and i've had that since before I even moved to LA. So I've had it for over three years, which is crazy to think that something that's three years old, technology has changed and a lot of new things come out. But to use that and then have that be something that was intriguing to like be to want me to shoot right. that for Coachella was, it's tight to that's be able cool. to say like, oh, cool, I can just, but I was so, I figured it out. Like that became part of me. I knew how to, sh- I shot all of Schoolboy Q's tour with that shit, shot everything. It was a part of your look at that point. Yeah. The run, the run has been a part of your look for the beginning. Part of my look, yeah. yeah. And I've just, I know how to run it. And when I do, it's like the way I was, earlier I was talking about how you use your body when you shoot with something I've I mastered it so that it always looks smooth and if you watch someone that's shooting with a true steady cam that thing is attached to their body and the way the arm is connected to the the gimbal shut that volume off the way the arm is connected to the gimbal it's like it's set up to move so smoothly it looks like it's on a fucking track you know what I mean like and that's the goal of those before you had a dolly the camera's locked off on a dolly. You can push forward. You can move back. You can go up and down. But, like, that camera's always wherever you lock it off at, and it's staying there smooth. When you can bring in a steady cam, that's the whole idea is that it's supposed to do the same fucking thing. And they add these gimbals to try to create this new version of it that's cheaper, more affordable, et cetera, et cetera. And if you can master that look, that's what you're going for. You never want to have bobble. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never want to be bobbling. I think that. it takes a certain talent. Same thing like uh, like drone flying, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like you're obviously a legend drone flyer but if you look at other people's drones or even if i try to fly a drone like the talent is making sure that your movements are always smooth and it's not as easy because even if you have a ronin and you and you whip it quick it mm-hmm. looks terrible wrong like it's all about how you can absorb the movement and and turn with like ease on a, on, into it ease into it, it and like have that yeah parabola type movement mm-hmm. that's all the talent and something that was cool because i never used a ronin until this tour and then i got the luxury of using yours right just the first couple times like you think when you don't have a gimbal and you think Oh, if I just had a Ronin, and you get one, and you think everything's gonna be amazing, but it still takes, like the first time you use it, it's like you're not getting the shots you want. But yeah. it's cool because once you master how you, you know, hold it, how you're gonna 
movie with your hands and feet in tandem. And that's, I think, something we should talk about because I think the Ronin S uh, makes a lot of those movements a lot easier. So maybe we should start going pros and cons. On yeah. It. Well, and on top of it, too, it's like understanding the settings and really getting to go off default and try to explore like what certain things the dead band does and how yeah, you exactly. adjust all that speed and everything like that. It all plays a role. But um, yeah, I think so. So do you, obviously, if, what I'm saying is I've mastered the fuck out of the Ronin. Ronin M. The Ronin M. I am the Ronin before I yeah, had the yeah. Ronin. And so. Uh, and the Movi, and I think those all kind of live in the same world. And then they come out with the Zion Crane, and there was a bunch of knockoffs, and everyone had that shit. And it was cool. I was like, wow, that does it's look like very nice, comes. but I hated the look because of the way the bobble was, and I think it also comes with the consumer who's using it because you have like a $400 gimbal that everyone can buy, and they may not have been shooting for a long time, so it always just kind of has this like shitty look to it. Um, and then Ronin announced the Ronin S, and I was like, I still probably would like it's a cool idea, but I still even though I'm a fan of DJI, I'm like maybe you know I don't think it that the text there, and then they released their little like promo video for that shit, and it looked ridiculous. And I and it makes sense because they took such a long time after these companies have been building their thing to make the the more the DSLR model, you know what I mean right. to release it. So I think they spent time perfecting it. They have the tech, they have obviously the money and shit because they're such a big company. Right, they have to, the R&D, everything they need. They can really kill it. So they came out with it and uh, I hit them up and shout out to Team Ed DJI, but they had me come in actually before we left on this tour and showed me the early prototypes and I was just excited as fuck. It just looked crazy. The fact that the number one, even on top of like the fact that the footage is the shit, so that's more important to me than anything, but the second most important thing is the fact that it had fucking legs and the, when we were doing Coachella, the Movi had the ring and we had the the, the legs for the, that was a fucking dream because when you're carrying a 30 pound setup and you're shooting some crazy shit, you need to set that thing down. And in order to set it down, I'd have to run over with my Ronin and put it on the Ronin stand and it was like a whole thing. And I love the idea that the Ronin had these little legs that could come out. And I was like, maybe it makes it too big. I don't know, but that was something that stuck out. Anyway. I think, I think yeah, definitely the, the, selling point off the jump for you because i was pushing it since we got on tour that we should get it we should the, get the something zion crane. zion crane yeah he yeah. kept saying we need it um and i think what the jumping point was when we tried to go out in the city and shoot mm. we needed we know we needed the ronin to get the shots that we wanted but carrying the ronin the soap not the ronin m is so obnoxious we were like strapping it to the side of my backpack and then we'd have to like bring the stand too mm -hmm. and set it up and this we knew this zion crane you could fit like we'll talk about that but you can it has a stand built in and it fits like it's literally like two pieces the zion crane had a stand too no no no. we're talking about the, i'm telling you like the the selling point for the running s like, oh right we knew we, we wanted this shit yeah, for real yeah. for real and you went out and got the connect is because how obnoxious it was to bring the running m around i think that's like the selling point for sure is the idea that it has a stand and it's two pieces and i want to note too right now dji is not fucking paying me. <laughs> they're not yeah. paying me to talk about this shit at all. I would like that'd be tight. You guys, but they're not. They just. I fucking love this company since I, I four or five years ago. I discovered drones, and my friend Tim was building his own drones, and and I was like so blown away when the first time I was able to control a camera in the air. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then they came out with the the first like DJI Phantom, 
and a friend had one and he finally let me borrow it. And he's like, if you break it, you buy it. And at the time me buying like a $1,200 drone or whatever the markup was, I was like, I can't afford this, blah, blah, blah. But I would go out to the cemetery across the street from my crib and I would like try to take it off and fly it. And I would literally just let it hover for a second and just seeing the image was so cool. But I landed real quick and I just go back home and just keep like watching videos on YouTube because I was like so terrified to fly that shit. I've been using this shit forever and DJI has just been the leader. I've seen a bunch of other drones come. I've had a bunch of companies send me their drones just to like use in music videos or whatever and nothing's really compared to what they've mastered and I've just been a fan of their brand. I love their brand and I've always wanted to work more with them. Getting the Osmo was cool to work with them with Chris. I've had a couple other opportunities to like do some shit where I wanted to work them into it and I I use their product on everything. So, and I end up becoming like, I talk to so many people all the time that ask me about this shit and I'm always pushing them to like the point where like, it's like I I look like an ambassador or some shit, but I'm not fucking Taylor cut films or whoever these people are (laughs) getting checks from them if they are. But I love, I just love their brand and that's why I stand by it. And I'm telling you this because I've tried other shit and I'm not saying other shit's terrible. I've just, it's, it's like me with a fucking iPhone. And if I'm on that train, I've been on the train since day one. I've had a MacBook since the shit fucking came out. I've been, it's it's just a promising brand that you can really ride with and they can st- like continue to fucking figure out their shit and i think these dudes have mastered it so anyway i'm not getting paid by their shit they sent me the pro- like the, the ronin s and i've gotten to use it and i've been meaning to make this podcast just to talk about it because i wanted to really get my hands on and now we've had it for about a month probably right we got it like halfway through europe for sure yeah a month or more yeah maybe a little over a month so we've had a lot we've of- had it at least since the last podcast that you posted right and and it's been this is why i think it's okay for me to talk about this now because i've been you know you see all the reviews come out right away of fucking ronin s review full review hands-on review three days of usage blah 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 and i don't think that does it justice because there's a lot of shit you can learn with this thing and there's a lot of things that you can do with it and so the fact that we've been able to shoot the biggest artist in the world with this thing and figure out how to really put it to the test has been a great experience. I feel like now we can talk about it and explain why I think it competes with a lot of shit. I'm not saying that this out, like you should have this over running M. We'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll get to why I think it's a very good competing piece, but um, yeah, direct me. I think, I think that we should do, let's just talk about our experience with it, all the pros, and then we'll talk about the cons. And then I think we should talk about, because I think a great conversation is why the running M still, has its valuable mm. place right. and it's very needed. Like, you know what I mean? You will keep yours. And, and they have the Ronin and MX. And where the Ronin S, like where it shines, where, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. I think, I, and I like to go back to this. We were going out into the cities. Where where the fuck were we? Like um, Paris and different places like that. And we're taking the Ronin M out. And like Dave said, we were strapping it to a backpack. It's, it's, big it's got the long arms that are hanging off the side of it we would carry the stand around eventually we stopped carrying the stand with us when we would go out into the cities or go anywhere to try to shoot and dave would just have to hold it and i would balance the camera up trying to you know get it all lined up and then we turn it on go shoot some stuff he'd take it or whatever he'd go shoot and i'd hold on to it when we needed breaks and even like say we're gonna go to like the beginning of the show and i want to capture them walking out and i've posted a bunch of videos of like jmp walking to stage and it looks really cool but I'd have to, like, I might go over there, and you never know how long it's going to take. So I'd be standing with the Ronin, and the stand's way in the other room, and I don't want to really shut it down because I want to be ready for whenever someone's going to come out or if something's going to happen. I mean, whatever. I want to be able to pop up and get the shot. So I'm literally just holding this fucking Ronin with the camera, and it, sometimes it could be like a half hour. 
Sometimes it could be longer. I, I might have gone to shoot something, go over here to shoot something. You end up holding this thing for a long time. That's a lot of weight on your arms, and it's like, you know, it gets heavy. Um, so immediately that's what excited me was the fact that I could set this thing down, which was really cool. Um, and that's not to knock, obviously, Ronan, because I feel like it, it still has a lot of value what it does. But I think that that was like a huge, huge turn-on factor for this thing to now be able to go wherever and just literally set that thing down and – and the controls aren't even out. There's like a lot of stuff we don't have access to because we still have a Sony. I know they only release certain things for for the Canon to be able to use like motion control and the time lapse features and all that stuff. Full like focus. Yeah, they have a focus polar ring on there, which is going to be ill as hell whenever that's available. So there's a lot of cool things to come. But that was like the one thing. And the second thing that I fucking love about this shit is, so when I shoot the show, the show that we're doing right now, the stage, the stage is like eight foot, right? Seven to yeah, eight feet. at least. It's high as fuck. I think it's eight feet. So we've only been able to get shots up to this point, um, you know, cinematic shots moving with the Ronin from below, from the sides. I would get like a ladder. We had the ladder on the sides. We try to shoot that way. Um, but the only way you could do something cool where you're doing like a nice swoosh by them and you're passing by and you're moving with speed and it looks really ill was from behind on the stage. So that was the only way you could shoot. When we got the Ronin S – we got a hold of a monopod, which I didn't have one. Oh, shout out to Amadou and Cecile, um, our French homies. But we had a monopod, and they have the bolt, the two different bolts at the bottom. So we could take off the little kickstand and put the monopod on this shit and send this Ronin up 70 inches or whatever the monopod reached. 70 inches. So I was now able to hold this thing in the air, walk, and this is all because of autofocus exists. Uh, I had, you know, 16 to 35 is usually what I'd shoot with, sometimes 24 or 70. But the Sonys are so amazing with the autofocus that you could really run it like this. And you just are kind of guessing. You flip the viewfinder down so you could kind of kind of frame it up. Because um, right now what I would like to do is build out small HD, hook it up to the bottom of this this monopod, and try to create like a, a, a whole thing that I'll sell you guys all later. You know when I build it. <laughs> But, like, to be able to do it, you just kind of are guessing. You're hoping that the frame works. And so we are now able to get shots where I send it up, and we have to do, we have a whole rail cam in front of us, so I have to go above that, and there's fans on the stage and all this stuff, and now we can actually shoot dead on and got some of the illest shots because it's right there. It, you know, you have B dancing in slow motion, boom, 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 and I'm moving left to right doing a nice track, which only I look like an idiot because i'm like, <laughs> so funny man it's the dumbest looking see this shit i know it's the dumbest looking thing i'll do bts some point of like what this looks like but i'm just sitting there with this camera on a gimbal high as hell up in the air trying to bounce it on a pole but the shots have been amazing and the fact that you can do that it opened up a whole new world where yeah. now we're able to do the craziest shots because we have a pole we can put it on a stick and send it up and the autofocus was working really well and you could shoot it. I don't know. I just, that shit is so exciting to me that we no, could that do was, that. That was revolutionary at that point, mm -hmm. I think. like I couldn't do that with the Ronin. It was, it, maybe there was a way to build it out like that, but it was too heavy. It doesn't no, make no, sense. It's it just offered big. a whole new vantage point and that was just like something creative that happened. Mm -hmm. That there's a, th there's a thread on the bottom for like a tripod stand. Yeah. That's what I just said. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you really said like you have to explain that. Yeah, the, I said there's a two different yeah. threat. You could stick a tripod. You could put like a quick release plate if you want it on the bottom of it. I think I That'd think it's wave, I think honest. it's yeah like that's some like if you have one if you get one you should try that if you shoot concerts especially. Mm -hmm. Like I'm definitely gonna do it when I get off tour. I think that is a good point. Ronan M uh, concerts versus 
uh, Ronan S. I think is, Ronan. Yeah, I think the 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 tagline is that I think the Ronan S. is like the illest concert and shooting and BTS. Yeah, concert shooting tool of all time. The fact that I could throw it in a bag and pull up anywhere and pop it up like. The other problem and traveling is traveling like, too. Yeah, traveling. Say like the other day we took a we chartered a plane to from Boston to Minnesota. We had to take the whole crew there. And I wanted to just at least get a shot of like us getting on the plane. It would be cool. Obviously I could just stand there and shoot it with the camera and get like a slow motion shot of walking, but I I want the Ronin type of vibe or whatever I want to be moving, a moving image. Um I'm not going to bring the Ronin M to that shit and set it up and do the whole thing and have Dave hold the thing. I don't actually have time for that. Like we had to get off our bus and get straight on the plane and check in and go through all the stuff, TSA and all these things. And so what I was able to do is get out of the bus, throw my camera on there, turn the shit on. It's balanced. Pop it up one hand, holding my suitcase in the other hand, walk over, get a couple of ill shots. When we're on the plane, I put it in the overhead, popped it out, put the camera on it real quick turn it on, walk through the plane, got a cool shot going like 60 frames, going through the plane, everyone's in the plane, boom, that looks cool. I could never do that before because I'm not going to pull out the Ronin M. It's just not feasible. You know what I mean? This opens up a whole new can of worms where you're able to really pull it out in situations where it'd be too much of a hassle to make you want to you know, get that specific shot right. or try to do a handheld and it just doesn't look the way it should look. This no, it doesn't. this is an opportunity for you to get shots in scenarios where it, it used to be so difficult. And so I I need to I wish I could have had Design Crane to do a comparison of the differences and and you know do the pros and cons. But that's not what this is about. I think yeah I think they're comparably priced too. That's why I like the the trust in the brand is key and like the fact that they're comparably priced like yeah they won me over yeah. already from a previous product so I know I can trust them. But um I think so, that so yeah we got uh. Using, I think it's something worth checking out. Like if you are a fan of them, cool. I it's more it's not really about the brand. It's so much about what the capability of the product does. And so these types of products are allowing you to do things like the Osmo was with being able to get still shots in quick scenarios. Like I could have used the Osmo in the same scenario on the plane, and it could have been cool. I just think that you're getting now an A7S2 or A7R3 quality video over, you know, having to a four you know maybe you have to get like the 4k raw camera that you could put on the osmo or or the previous model that came the default camera that came with it which is cool but it's just doesn't look as ill obviously as a, a nice sony dslr or canon dslr you know what i mean right so it's just a dope it's just dope to be able to have that advantage to be able to say like oh i'm gonna ride an suv with my talent and i want to hop out and get ill shot of them running to do an album signing or something like you you know what i mean you can do that real quick where me having a glide cam becomes very difficult to haul that shit around. You have to carry it or whatever. This I could literally attach to my bag and it's there and I just put the camera on and I'm gone. You know yeah, I mean? so that's, that's, that's definitely a point. That the, It's literally two pieces. The Ronin S is two pieces and you can set it up so fast. It's literally you just slide the top in the, on the bottom, you lock it, you can pop, pop it on the kickstand and then if you already have your the balance set, you just slide, your camera has a plate on it, you slide it on. It's really easy to balance. Love and then turn it on and, it, and it's ready. Like I think that's like the, it has a kickstand. It's two pieces. You can fit it in a backpack and you can you can pop out. Like I say, something happens, you can pop this thing out, slide it on, put the camera on there. You probably have it balanced in like less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. And and it's charged by USB C, so you could use your MacBook charger to charge this shit quick as hell. Yeah. Like the and the battery lasts forever. I think we could shoot like three shows probably. Three two and a half hour shows probably before yeah, it ever really needed to be to recharged. Yeah, we just recharge it just because we're addicts. Of char we charge all our batteries, but that's a bonus. Anyway, 
So I, that, that's that, there's three right there. Yeah, Let's I talk like about, that. Talk about what's your experience shooting it, shooting with it. Like talk talk about. I I think one one really cool point is when you're shooting shows and you're getting these like you got to fly through the frame. Um, and you Minimalist. Want, and like the fact there's something cool about with the Ronin when you have two hands, you kind of you have to run with your like feet and your hands like in tandem. Mm-hmm. And with the Ronin M, Ronin S, you get like you can literally run like this, like run straight and have and hold it like onto your side, which is something cool. And you can get these flying shots, and then you just kind of have to learn how to like. There's it's a di- it's a different talent to be able to like. It took me the first time I shot with it. It was like hard mm-hmm. because the Ronin you have the ability to like use your body and like you understand how to move your hands and smooth. But this one is more of like a left and right, and it's more all of like a wrist right turn. Time. And so you you can whip it too hard at times, and and that's why playing with settings is key too because yeah. the default settings might not be the way for you. Default settings could be the way for someone that's hardly going to be needing to pan left and right. You might need to do pans left and right all the time, but you don't need it to be so jerky. So you might need to slow that down. So when you turn a certain amount of degrees, okay, now it's starting to turn with me, and it's not turning it with like ah, ah, all jerky exactly. and fast. You need it to nice, okay, just like a nice, and that sets you up to be able to run fast and feel confident that you're getting the perfect pan. So like if we run behind Jay and he's in the middle of the stage and you're going from left to right and you want to keep him dead center right. you know that what you know the degree you need to be turning your wrist as you're running as you're focusing on not falling as you're focusing on staying <laughs> not frame. running into anyone that's a fucking challenge yeah so i don't know i've i've it's been a thrill. it's yeah. a thrill but i think that's that's definitely dope like uh that ability to like to like have it one hand have it like two handed you mm-hmm. can have it here and you can run this way you can have it here. The, the the ability to have that trigger where you can keep your the camera. Yeah, there's a trigger on the front and you can keep your camera or whatever. So let's say you're pointing it here, you can hold that trigger and when you lower it, the camera stays level. And there's a whole new opportunity for these shots where you can you can ha- like I remember when we were in uh I Washington, haven't used Washington, that, that much. Me me either, but I used a shot there was a shot I got in Washington DC where it was it was dope because I kept I framed up the Washington Monument. Right. And then I pulled the trigger and lowered it and I got this really cool shot where like it was moving th- through the, the blades of grass mm-hmm. and then and i just literally ra- ran with it i could do it with one hand i literally shot bts on my iphone while i was doing it <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can swipe and then raise and the camera stays perfectly level right. like per- perfectly shot at that and like some of the shots you've seen i showed you a bts video someone else did yeah you can run low and then and high on, Basically, on a stage if, like, you, if you're listening to this on audio and you're not watching this on YouTube to see Dave's yeah, hand yeah. motions, it's <laughs> it's like if you were to be using a actual crane, you could start at, at the bottom and go to the top and be able to make sure your tilt is happening perfectly to stay centered to your subject without having to actually do it yourself. So before you would have to, honestly, with the Ronin, if I were to do the same shot you were talking about, I would be running on the grass. And you're saying that when you're running on the grass, you're still seeing the monument? Like yeah, like the so the, the, it's already it's already framed up. Cool. So like yeah, with the Ronin, you'd be like running it. If you had your hands low, you'd be kind of running into your hands. If you were, but but aside from that, even if you were standing still and you wanted to do the shot, right. you would have to tilt the Ronin back so that your shot is in frame, stay low, and then when you're going up, your wrist actually needs to drop forward and point forward so that that actual panty motion happens. What the yeah. Ronin S created was a way to hold the trigger and first basically you you lock in your position, go down low, it's going to go back up to that position that you locked in on. And when you go up high, it's going to tilt down to that position you locked on. So as long as that doesn't move and that stays your subject, you oh, our coffee maker's here. You you get the coffee. I always run my mouth. He just slammed the mic into the um <laughs> the, 
couch cushion. Um, as long as you get that shot, you know what I mean? As long as you're staying targeted on that middle frame, you're going to be able to, to execute that shot smoothly without having to overthink, which is kind of crazy because it's like it's making life fucking easy for everybody now and, and it's not difficult to, uh, you, you know, get specific shots as Dave was talking about before with drones. I see it all the time. Like I made a boomerang video with my homie Josh. Olufemi films on on uh, YouTube, which I think got a fucking ridiculous amount of views, like half a million or some stupid shit. But it talked about how I do my boomerangs with my drones, and the one thing I liked the most about it was that I would now fuck the coffee. We don't, we're almost done with this. It'll take too long to make this shit, but we will we will have some in a second because I need it. Um, but what I was saying was I I made this tutorial on how to do the boomerang so i might start on myself and then boom, i ramp out and all of a sudden i'm like somewhere else and i would do it for like ea sports i did some boomerangs for uh um what the fuck game was it for i don't know but like star wars or some shit came out and i went down they had a bunch of uh billboards in hollywood so i what i did was i would specifically shoot in a way where i knew my how my ramps would play i would be pivoting so i'm not just going straight out like a like a selfie it would start on one and then all of a sudden, I would do a full 360 and land on another one and then rappel out into the middle of nowhere so you could see all of Hollywood, right? I had to strategically know how to move, how to pilot the drone so it was smooth enough to do the 360 so it wouldn't look like a eh, 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 all jerky and shit. I wanted to make sure it was nice and smooth, land perfectly on the next billboard, do another fucking full rotation or whatever it was and go out. And that's like strategy. That's understanding how to fly the drone. That only comes from me learning how to fly these drones before the the GPS was a shit. You know what I mean? Before it was given to me that I could hit A to B and fly in a straight line and spin the drone without ever having to think about how to do that and stay in a straight line. I can do that shit because I learned how to fly it by myself and I knew I wanted a full 360 shot of a car while it's passing under me and I want to be going from A to B. You know what I mean? Like that shit's mad complicated. And now they're making it so easy where now you have a trigger on the Ronin S where I can just stay locked in and it does it for you instead of having to manually do all the shit so i think the the way the technology is traveling is making it very very easy for customers to get or you know new consumers or new creators to get these shots that people have mastered over the years in cinema uh at an affordable price which is dope yeah it's just also i think it, it comes down to a conversation we had all the time where when dave first started shooting with me he just started shooting how long you been shooting before we started working together shooting professionally for like um, I don't know, like probably six or seven, eight months before we met. Yeah, so only, you know, half a year. Yeah. And Dave is coming up on the YouTube generation of learning how to use shit. Not saying I didn't use YouTube. YouTube just wasn't as dope for me as it was for you. I was using like books and shit like that to and, and yeah. all these creative forms to learn how to use shit. But when Dave started shooting with me, we had something specific where I needed him to shoot and stay focused. And he was using like a 7200 and he was trying to use the autofocus and it wasn't working for him. He autofocus was not working in this scenario, but he had not trained himself in how to use the focus ring and pull focus. Yeah, I was mainly. I was mo- most mostly like I was more concerned with in a high pressure situation not I was I was thinking like oh I could use autofocus in this scenario, but um because that, yeah. that was what Basically, you've yeah, been using. Yeah, that been, been using in the conscious scenario, just pulling, using autofocus, using crazy crazy motion, like not really like having time to pull focus when everything's moving crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was something that you, we had a conversation a lot about you talking. Is like when you learn how to use something at the core, then when all these new features come out, you understand how to use them to their 
maximum potential and you're not crippled right. by the fact that the feature exists. Um, exactly. So like, so the, my, basically yeah. my problem was I fuck with the technology driving in a force that's making it very easy for a mom to hook up her iPhone to an Osmo and run along the soccer field with her kid scoring a goal. And she shot it in fucking 120 frames and it looks ill dope. You don't need to hire a guy to do that anymore for you. Sweet. That just knocks someone out of their job. The mom's able to do it, but the mom's going to have the jerky shit. It's going to be shot in a, cr- a compressed format that doesn't end up looking good six months from now because the next iPhone comes out and the next iPhone, yeah. whatever it is. I just think that the thing is, is if you're, if that's how you're going to shoot your shit, you need to understand it all and you need to not just accept like, oh, cool, autofocus is sick and it's always going to work because then you get caught up in a high pressure situation in the actual industry. He's learning about this in a scenario where he's just on his own on the come up and now all of a sudden he's in, a, in the actual shit with some of the biggest artists in the world working and he's got to figure out how to get the focus right and he's just stressed out because autofocus isn't working. And I'm like, well, dog, shut it off and use manual focus. What do you mean? You don't know how to use manual focus? No. And I'm like, all right, see, it's not his fault for that, but that's how most people are training us to use it. And the technology is allowing us to be comfortable with what we have. The technology is allowing me to use a trigger on this Ronin instead of doing the doing it manually, which honestly, I have hardly used the trigger because I'm so used to doing it manually. Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier, it's, right? I think, I think the cool point is like there's still, no matter how the technology advances, there's still an art to everything you do and like for example like i don't know if anyone's ever thought of using a monopod with their own ns but like as the technology advances there's like a real artist can figure out how to take exactly what they know and even elevate the technology like further than someone yeah. who can just so someone who gets a ronin s could just be like oh i could do this i can do 360 all different stuff but there's still an art there's a technique there's like a way to utilize this to like really get shots that you are seeing in the, in know? the same way with like the Osmo I'm using in Chris's video. Yeah. That's exactly what I told Chris. I was, I, he said he wanted the snorri cam. He said he wanted it to be a locked off shot where he looked crazy and he's at a party. So he looks wild. And I was like, yo, no one's ever had a gimbal on them in a snorri cam. Look, never seen it. Show me one today that comes out, go look up the YouTube video that I did and find me one before that, that has a snorri cam with a fucking gimbal locked off and have the gimbal do a full rotation. No one's done that yet. They didn't. I mean, now they probably have, and I'm. I think I've seen it, but no one's done it at that point. And that was a cool way for me to see a $600 retail or whatever it was, 699 retail gimbal that was able to be used on a, a a fucking superstars music video when no one was thinking about it. And I just found a way to be like, yo, this is new tech, and this could be actually a dope little trick that we could do, and people would kind of look at it like, I bet they won't notice it, but they'll. It'll definitely be like some shit. Like, damn, that was crazy. What the fuck was that shot? And if you watch it, that shit is tight to me. It's still tight to me to see it. And if you see the raw clip versus what it turned out to be, the raw clip's just like very slow. And then with speed ramps and all the shit, you can make the shit look wild. And it paired really well with red footage. Like the footage wasn't that bad that you could utilize it. So using new tech is definitely something to like play with in your art. But I still feel like the the problem is going to be that there's going to be a lot of creators coming up that get too comfortable with these features and never learn how to do it before. And you're going to be put in scenarios where you fail. Not saying you failed. Dave did not fail in the other thing. Dave quickly learned how to use a fucking manual focus and you now understands the full advantage. Well, now I it. only shoot manual. Now so. he's shooting manual focus all the fucking time. And that's... But I, that's, that's, that's cool. That's, uh, man, I'm, you brought it up. Like that type of thing was something that was challenged me to you like you know what i mean to to step beyond my comfort zone in that scenario mm-hmm. and now only shot you know we we have autofocus you shoot autofocus because you're on the run in but i shoot yeah now I, i've been shoot i shoot 7200 most of the time 
and and we're I'm shooting manual focus on the dancers that are moving at different depths fast as fuck mm-hmm. all the time. And I've been, yeah. I mean, and, and for me to have only ever really shot manual focus ever in my life, yeah. and now utilizing autofocus, it helps. It helps in this scenario because without autofocus, it's not impossible, but it would be damn near impossible to get as many shots that are successful as I have been able to utilize the autofocus, understanding how the autofocus feature works within my camera, utilizing it, knowing that, okay, cool, the subject's going to be in the middle so I can play off center or, oh, sick, I need to be more wide but generally in this area and I can fine-tune it to pick that shit and I I plan for those shots. But if I just went up there winging it with the most default settings of everything, it's like it's never going to work. You know what I mean? And to now have that ability where before, even with the Ronin, with the Ronin, I thought it was going to be sick that I could use autofocus. And I had the A7S II. I just bought it. I'm going on, on tour school by Q. Oh, sick. I'm going to be able to have a 7200. I'm going to be able to run around, get some cool, uh, f- no, not 7200, 24 to 70, get some cool tight shots. And then I get it and I buy the Metabones. And my problem is I have Canon glass that's not compatible with this. And the Metabones, right. I bought the most expensive one and that shit still sucks and it won't pull focus like it's supposed to. And then I'm not getting shots. So what I got used to doing was having a 14 mil on there. I knew my general depth that I needed to be to get a nice focus shot and I would just run that. And it still looked epic, but I was confined to yeah, just yeah, a exactly. 14 mil. Right. Now it's like the 16 and 35. It's a cheap lens, but I'm able to go tighter. It's an F4 still, so but these cameras are so bomb that you can still fucking make it work and look good. I can quickly rack, or not rack, I can quickly zoom in on something, get a little bit tighter of a shot, which I could never have done with a 14. Just a 14. Or just, yeah. a, you know what I mean? It just didn't work. So, there's a lot of bonuses to this shit, and I guess the reason we're on this tangent is just because I'm saying no matter what the tech is, learn everything and fully get a grip on how to use this this shit because you maybe come to shit at this and be put in a challenge where you have to use this completely other rig or you have to do it manually, and you're fucked if you don't know how to do that shit. So just do that. I don't know. That's, that's no, a that's side a, that's bar a point. Great point. So I think that's a really good point to the podcast. Yeah. I don't know. But like a side point. Yeah. But So we got the pros. Cons. Two, I, two, two, cons? two pieces. I, I think a con we can talk about. I'll, I, I'll say some. I think that speaker shit, Dave. The con, the con is also a reason why the Ronin them still like. If you have one, I wouldn't. And, and you and you and you don't need to sell it. It'd be nice to have both. I think so because you should probably keep yours because I think that the Ronin M still offers the ability to get like to you know you can get the shot that you want because you can physically control all this like very intuitively you can pan it you can move it something about having two hands something about the way like especially like with dance type stuff where mm-hmm. you can or and music video type stuff where you can really move and understand how the camera is going to move and, and use your entire body it's cool for handoff shit too like yeah. um if you're if you've ever tried to do a complicated shot where like we've done one where we would try to go through a window so someone would be on the other side of the window and then when i pass through they stand up and we could hand it off very easily and the shot continues and it's a mind fuck for everyone else because like, oh, i remember dj did a beat, yeah, you can like do that. different things like that yeah. or or the fact that it has the handle on top you could throw a rope on the two handles or whatever and make it so that you could lower it down from something do a handoff there's a lot of possibilities for it especially and we only say ronin m because that's what i what yeah, we've what been shooting using. with but the Ronin MX they even set it up so that motherfucker could pop off the 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 drone and go from an aerial shot to a handheld scenario and run through a building and it becomes one whole shot which is cool because you watch movies like Birdman and you watch movies like that where it's all one take and I fucking am obsessed with one take so it gives you the option for that shit which you might not be able to do with the Ronin S obviously you can't tie a rope to the Ronin S because there's no top part for it so you, that 
becomes obsolete and you need something yeah. like a Ronin or a Movi. Yeah, I think some of those, some of those, those complex, precise movements, um, it's easier on the Ronin them to make those type of movements. And that's where the con, I guess, would be. I guess you could talk about, too, the, the fact that a Ronin M could break into a three-man operation where I have a remote, my Ronin could be controlled, you can control my tilt and pan, I could have another person controlling my, my focus, just like I would with a steady cam, and I could control. I could be the gimbal operator. Same with the, you have a Phantom 4 Pro, or whatever is, a, you have a Phantom 4 Pro versus having an Inspire. Why did I not buy an Inspire when that shit is obviously ill and has you could throw a better camera on it, switch lenses, do all that shit. Because to me, I'm I'm a, most of the time flying in a single man operation situation, and I've mastered my Phantom Four. The shots look decent enough. I know it's always going to be a wide shot, but I'm, I can utilize it in a way that I can make it make sense for me. The only reason I would get an Inspire or get any uh, uh, Alta Eight or whatever drone is if I were to have a team that I was comfortable with to shoot with, and I can now break it down so I can say, "All right, cool. I can solely focus on flying this drone through this bridge. You can solely focus on getting the fucking shot. This person can focus on focus. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So now I can do that. It's the same thing with the Ronin M, the Movi, whatever. You can you have that option where on the Ronin S. I think you could technically, I mean, through the app, I know you play with it more, you could have someone do it, but it ain't the same. You don't have the luxury of having someone yet pulling focus, tilting right. and panning, doing all that shit with a remote where you could with the Ronin M, and that allows you to do some bigger movie shit where you have a bigger team you can break it. I think show. another, obviously, I don't know if we said this, but the fact that the Ronin M can have an HD monitor on attached, on, attached to it, that's big. I don't, we, uh, there's probably can. a way, there's probably a way you could do it with the Ronin S. But like, for there example, is a way. I've seen people doing it already. It's, okay. We just have to get the clamps and shit. We just don't have time to go to a fucking camera yeah. store. But, I, <laughs> but you yeah. could clamp it to the side and do all that stuff, which would be very helpful to do it. Just because. Yeah. But I mean, they they also made it so that there's no obstruction if you're just holding it without a monopod. There's no obstruction, so you can't see like what you're shooting. It's just having you know. It just depends if you like right. looking at your viewfinder. Or, you, or are you just big, having it bigger yeah. and having your, all the different mm -hmm. things that are like uh, settings wise. Right? It would be cool on the side. Remember that there's like that little, little uh, there's like a little chunk on the side that you can detach. And yeah, put if it was there. right there, that would be ill. They just need a little mount. A little mount right there would be sick, just so you could throw up a quick viewfinder. Um, I guess that's like a con for sure. Uh, I don't. Other than that, I'm pretty yeah. fucking. No, impressed. I I sh I've shot with the Ronin S. The one show that Ben Ben runs the Ronin S. All, all, all the all the time. Uh, I do I do handheld stuff, but the one show that I shot the Ronin S with the Ronin S is probably my favorite shots of all tour, all the tour. Mm, like, David's tricky with it too. I still I still go back to those shots because just like the the things that you can do with that, and the fact that it's so small, and on, on a show where you're not trying to be seen. You can fly with that thing. You can run with it. You can you can like hide, put it down, like be ready for a shot, pick it up, run, literally run normal, and have a perfectly stabilized shot. And then the shots, like we were expecting to be robotic, but some of the shots where I was literally running across stage look perfectly smooth. Mm -hmm. Like I, we were surprised. The stabilization. I, I remember. Plus the... I remember how we th you thought it was going to be like robotic, but mm -hmm. it looked like smooth money, money just like the Ronin M. And like I... it opened up a whole new world, and and where we were just kind of like. In the way with the running them, I felt like right, and and jump like going even back to places that you can't go. Shooting a concert was always a struggle for me to shoot with the Ronin M when I was on tour Q because I would try to go get in the crowd, 
and I was just so limited because I could barely move and I just would have to hold this thing above people's heads. With the Ronin S, I'm able to walk through a lot. Like there's like a couple of spots where we have chairs set up and there's sections and people still get in the way because they want to like move around and get their videos for Instagram or whatever. But I've been able to walk through crowds and hold this thing up and just move as if I were walking through to go to the bathroom or whatever, where before I couldn't do that because I'd have to have both arms out. My elbows are both out. I'm holding this thing above my head. I'm trying to frame up and get the shot. It just doesn't work. Where this, I could do that. I could put it on the monopod. I could go straight up and I'm just walking through and most people are like what the fuck is that but i move so quick that you could slide through tight situations like that yeah or, definitely or big crowds or cities or whatever and you can even go higher with you know one hand because yeah. you can kind of like fully extend you can fully extend whereas two you're kind of mm-hmm. and you're holding the bottom of this very this stand which extends it the can you know with the ronin m the camera is where your hands as actually below, below where your, your hands, hands are. are yeah with a regular ronin or movie but with this the camera is above at the top of this pole and at the bottom of the pole, you could grab and get a good grip and hold that thing up. You get an extra foot out of that, Definitely. which is amazing. Definitely. Sick. I don't I know. Think, I think that's pretty fucking Yeah, good. I think if... Yeah, the point is if you... Or if you shoot concert, if you do anything, but definitely if you are a travel videographer, you like to shoot travel videos and you're, you're on the run, you're trying to shoot cities, um, you shoot shows for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way. What else? Like this is definitely something... I would buy this shit, honestly. I want to buy one. But I'm just let, let have one. Yeah, yeah. Access to, but yeah, it's it's a it's clutch. I uh, think we could wrap it up on that bitch. Yeah. But um, I think that's it. I'm just very thoroughly impressed. I didn't think it would make me this happy, but I'm telling you, the fact that I can throw it on my camera bag, I can actually put it in my camera bag if I got rid of some of the extra bullshit I have in there. But we could carry that around a whole city all day long. And it's A1. It's not flopping around. It's not huge. Whatever. I can attach it to the back of my bag. I can put it in my suitcase. I, I dropped off my Ronin M when we had our days off in LA. And I just left that shit at home. Because I'm like, don't need it. It's too big. I don't need it for this. What we need for this, this works really well. Concerts, BTS, whatever you want to call that. Quick documentary shit that you want to add a little bit of cinematic value. These things are pretty fucking clutch. And the price point is pretty easy um, to be able to get that. So... I don't know. Check it out. Maybe DJI's website. I think they're sold out for a long time, but uh, if you can find it, get one. Maybe they'll give me like a link or some shit where I can get like eight bucks every time someone buys one because <laughs> I really need eight dollars. If they sold on Amazon, you can do Amazon affiliate. But. Oh, yeah, right. True. Okay. That uh, concludes this uh, week's episode, and I'll make sure to not uh, miss another Sunday. I think we get we can do it. We're just really fucking busy out here on on the road. Um, is there anything you want to say? No, that was good. Make sure to follow Dave on Instagram. You should check out his shit because his we be, we just call ourselves the gift gods because we put gifts on Beyonce.com every single night after a show, and they fucking clutch. So follow Dave on IG, Dave Malave at Dave Malave. Mm-hmm. Um. I'll put a link to that in the thing. And make sure to subscribe to this bitch and share it with your homies if you uh, thought it was helpful. If you're a gimbal person, tell people about this because I think that we have some good insight and we really put this shit to the test. So uh, if you want examples, just go to my fucking Instagram and Dave's Instagram and you'll see the examples right there before your bare eyes because they clutch. Um, And, yeah, definitely people keep asking advice. I just want to put this out there that people are always asking me advice and questions like how to get involved in this shit and that they want to get to where I'm at in in my career or whatever. And my biggest advice to anyone, if for some reason this is your first podcast, my biggest advice, and Dave gives this advice all the time, 
listen to if you really want to make it I'm not saying this is the key, but this is a great place to start. If you really want to make it, don't talk to me until you've listened to every episode we put out on Black Widow Cream, the Black Widow Cream podcast. Listen to every single episode, then talk to me, and I'll help you out with any other questions you may have. But I promise you, these episodes are fucking jam-packed with the most incredible insight that I've ever been able to get out of people. And I'm only going to keep getting more and more as I get more time and we get back to L.A. and build out our little Black Widow Cream headquarters thing or whatever to record the podcast, but... You agree? For, for, no, I agree 100%. Like, I I tell people this all the time, but, like, I was lucky as hell that at the time where I was, like, trying to come up, my the internship that I had literally involved listening to these podcasts because it was, like, going to school. Right. Like, and I, I'll, I'll attribute it. Uh, any, basically, all the motivation, all the things that I wrote in those morning roasts I used to write in the, in the Facebook group, all the all the mindset, everything that I was talking about came from listening to the podcast, listening to these stories, taking really listening to them, really understanding them, really taking the points, right. and then applying them. And I think that if you haven't listened to them, you should like listen to one every day for the next however many days it takes to get through them. And I promise you, by the end, you will understand more about what how what you need to do, what, the way you need to think, how you need to go about what you need to do so you can make it. And what in the creative field, and that's yeah, any creative field. It's not just like yeah. how you can make it touring with Beyonce. It's no, like no, yeah. how you can make it being a wedding videographer, a photographer. How you can make it being a, a social media operator or what? It doesn't how, fucking how matter. You can, how you can become a full time, you know, artist, utilizing social media, utilizing how to reach out to people, how to how to become an entrepreneur yourself. You know, all this is just being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Being creative is just being your own business. Yeah, I think you should listen to it. Yeah. But that's it. Don't uh, if it. you if you want to talk to me and not listen to that shit, you can try, but I'm not gonna talk to you. If you could really prove yourself that you care this much about your career, I the I'm only doing this. Like I don't fucking need to do this shit. I don't need to record podcasts. It doesn't make me money. I'm not doing really anything. It doesn't really give me like Instagram followers or whatever the fuck anything else people would care about. But when I get messages from people that tell me this shit's changed their life or changed their whole way that they move their operation and help them fucking get their feet on the ground and got this, that's what this is about. So if you care about your career and you want to get your shit going or whatever, or you've been in the game for a minute and you just want more tips, this is where it's at. Like, I couldn't, these people gave me their time to come and sit down and have conversations with me and they work with the illest artists on, on earth and they work with the biggest brands on earth and they work with the biggest celebrities on earth. So the fact that they would give me an hour and a half, two hours, 45 minutes, whatever it is to chop it up. And I could ask them questions on how they got to where they are. And that shit can be recycled over and over again. You guys can take that and do whatever you want with it. There's too much knowledge on these podcasts to not, to not tune in and, and help people. So this is, this is the textbook. This is the quiz. This is the test for your, you know, your fucking brain school that you're in. So do it and learn shit and, and, give that back to whoever else asks you how you became dope at whatever it is. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's my, I'm done ranting. Um, we're going to go, we're doing a show at the fucking bears stadium. Soldier, soldier field, soldier field, soldier field position. <laughs> uh, so by the time this comes out, you should be able to see some ill videos that we shoot there. Two shows, two shows back to back should be uh tight. And that's it. I think that's it. All right, guys. Um. Talk to you later. <laughs> How do you want to end this? I ask him this every time.
I don't know. We're going to drink coffee. All right. Peace out. Break your wrist. Cool. I am hungover as hell.